This is Ira on Sports 95.9, 106.9. We're pleased to have Andrew Catalan from CBS Sports. Andrew, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, NFL announcer, uh, thanks a lot for coming on Ira on Sports today. Ira, always great chatting with you. Thanks for having me. So let's get right to it. Um, you did Patriots-Texans uh, yesterday. Uh, very exciting game. And you got some insight, I guess, into the Patriots, how they came off across the whole Brady situation, and also what's going on in Houston, which really David Culley, their coach, is doing a great job. I mean, that team is in almost every single game. Yeah, so for the Patriots, I mean, I think that, um, you know, they looked flat for a while yesterday, and I think a lot of it has to do with what you mentioned, just all the hype surrounding the game a week ago against Tampa Bay with Tom Brady coming back. And, you know, Hunter Henry, the tight end for the Patriots, told us it felt like a Super Bowl atmosphere. So I think that actually hurt hurt them a little bit in the first half. I mean, credit to the Texans, they played a really solid first half, but the Patriots, especially defensively, did not look good, but they woke up in the second half. There was a few decisions that the Texans made that I thought allowed the Patriots to get some momentum, specifically when they got a little too cute on a punt that ended up getting hit in the own man. It was a zero-yard punt, and ever since that play, I really thought that was the turning point in the game. The Patriots were able to to uh, to come back and beat the Texans. So I, I thought New England has a, a team that they can really grow with. I think Mac Jones is is a very impressive young man. When we met with him, his intelligence jumps off the chart. I mean, he has a good grasp of that system. So I think the Patriots, you know, in November and December will look a lot better than they do now. And the Texans, to your point, I mean, new head coach, a rookie quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of things going on down there. They're trying to change the culture. It's going to take time. You know, they haven't had a lot of draft picks because of all the trades the previous regimes made. So it's going to take time in Houston, but they have some good veteran leaders, Mark Ingram, Christian Kirksey. I think those types of people will help them change their culture, which is something they desperately need. So when you were talking to the Patriots, uh, the coaches, they have to be surprised by Mac Jones's development so and, and his ability to really step in. I mean, we're talking about all the rookie quarterbacks. He's probably leading the class right now and, and going into it being, what, the 15th pick. I, mean, I think that's a surprise to mostly everybody. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is intelligence. I think Mac Jones is a really smart quarterback. And Josh McDaniels told us, no matter what position, it takes a while for rookies to grasp playing in the NFL, whether it's a running back with protections or a quarterback, you know, figuring out the offensive concepts and system. McDaniels used the word unique in describing Jones's understanding of the offense for a rookie. Doesn't wear a wristband. I mean, it's all up in his head. He's a very focused, determined young man. And I think his intelligence is really what's allowed him to play fast and really put some really good performances together for the Patriots. So, you know, he doesn't go down the field a lot. I think that'll come in time. But his completion percentage is off the charts, and he's given the Patriots a chance to win almost every game this year. Wait, he doesn't wear a wrist, doesn't – I mean, every quarterback wears those on their arms in the place. I, 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 didn't, I didn't notice that he didn't wear one. But that's Yeah, that's I mean, uh, he, he's got it all up in his head, and, and I think that's really what – I don't want to say surprise the Patriots because Bill Belichick has a good relationship with Nick Saban. He knew what to expect, I think. But I think that's what it's impressed them is how quickly he's been able to get this offense down. 
And I don't know if you can go into this a little bit, but in Miami, I mean, the talk is Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson. I mean, when did you get a sense in terms of what Deshaun Watson's situation is and whether there is something could be imminent? I know the trade deadline is coming up in a couple weeks, um, but I mean, down here in South Florida, that's all we're talking about is Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's strange, and I was wondering about that too because, you know, when you sit down, when I sit down to call a game, that's the first thing that I think of. But I think the people in Houston and Texans and Texans fans, they're almost numb to it now. It's almost as if he's not on the team. Um, he's not at practice. He's not active at the games. He does his own thing. So it's so strange to go down there when, when it's like, oh, where's Deshaun? They're like, oh, yeah. It's almost like they forget that, that he is there. Meanwhile, the rest of the NFL, you and me included, are thinking what's going to happen to Deshaun Watson. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I think that obviously the trade deadline coming up, I mean, this could be a good time for them to trade him. I have no in indication if they will, uh, but clearly it's, it's, he's doing nothing there. I mean, right. I mean, he's inactive every game. He's getting paid, uh, but they, they want to get their price for him. So I'm not sure what's going to happen on that front. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of off the field stuff that has to be sorted out as well, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did move him because he's not doing anything there. So why not take what you can get for him at this point? We'll see if that's what they end up doing. And two weeks ago, you did Baltimore-Denver, um, and you got to see it's, – it's weird. The Ravens are a little under the radar this year. Like, Lamar Jackson is there, but they, got, they, have, they lost all their running backs, J.K. Toppins, Edwards. I mean, they're on. They're bringing Le'Veon Bell. I talked to, like, the fantasy uh, players of the past who are coming on the team. <laughs> but they are playing well, and Lamar Jackson is, is at this level. It, it's almost like for the first time the Ravens are under the radar, and maybe this is the year they, they break through and go, get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, you mentioned the running backs, and I think a lot of people thought, well, it's just not their year, right? I mean, all these unfortunate injuries, let alone the running backs. Marcus Peters, one of their best corners out for the year as well in a, in a preseason injury. So, or maybe it was after week one. But in any event, they've had horrible luck with injuries. A lot of people counting them out because of that. And it just seems like that motivates them even more. Uh, they're getting production uh, from Lamar Jackson in the ground game. Obviously, that's a huge help, but I'm really impressed with their receiving core right now. And one guy who hasn't even played yet is Rashad Bateman. He's been on IR. Sounds like he might come off next week. He's not supposed to play tonight. When we met with John Harbaugh, he was raving about Rashad Bateman. So you're going to add a stud-wide receiver to an already impressive cast with Hollywood Brown and, of course, the tight end Mark Andrews. I think they have a lot of weapons on offense. The defense is starting to figure things out without Peters. And you're right, they're under the radar, but if they get a win against the Colts tonight, there they are at 4-1 and one, and, and always a very dangerous team led by the coaching of John Harbaugh. So they are a team that, in a tough division now, I mean, with the Browns looking good and even the Bengals playing some good football, and it's hard to count out the Steelers, very tough division, but they certainly have a chance to make some noise here in this season. And then a, two, a team you've had twice, I think you did Tennessee at Seattle, Indy at Tennessee. You really got to see this team, and, and they're at three and two. The defense is struggling, but Ryan Tannehill looks like every year just gets more and more confident ability to be a quarterback in this league, totally different than the player we saw in Miami. And then Derrick Henry, I mean, Mike and I have been talking about this. I don't think there's a player who does their position better than Henry in terms of being a running back. Like every week it, it's 150, 160 yards rushing when other running backs are getting 30 and 40. Yeah, it's hard to compare him to anyone. We asked Pete Carroll about that in week two when we did the 
Seahawks Titans game and and he's like I'm not comparing him to this guy but there are characteristics that I see in Henry that I also saw in Jim Brown I mean he, he's that type of unique back where it's so hard to game plan for him he wears you down in the second half and, and he's still an absolute stud in the league and you're right that that seems to really help Ryan Tannehill their play action uh, part of their offense is such a critical component for Tennessee. They've had some uneven performances this year. I mean, just look at that Seattle game. The first half looked like they were going to get blown out, came back to win in overtime, and come back and they lose to the Jets a couple weeks later. I mean, it's just a very strange team to figure out. But you know with the way that they're built, uh, and they've had some injury struggles as well with their wide receivers, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But when healthy, they'll be a tough team, especially in that division, which – doesn't look very strong this year. Jacksonville and Houston rebuilding, and, and the Colts have had a had a shaky start as well. I think they'll eventually that the Indianapolis will uh, put some things together, but they've had a real rough start against a tough schedule, and it doesn't get any easier tonight for the Colts. <laughs> That's right. We're talking to Andrew Catalan of CBS Sports, who broadcast um, these games. You might hear him on. I love when you're on a game. A lot of times I'm at a sports bar, or whatever, and Mike's texting me, yeah, Catalan's doing this game, and whatever, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hearing the sound so much in terms of when I'm either at a sports bar or if I'm at a, uh, if I'm at one of the games. But the first game of the year, you did the Jets, you did Zach Wilson, um, in terms of when they played the Panthers, and and again, like these other rookie quarterbacks, up and down, up and down, and like one week, I've Jet fans are telling me he's the best quarterback. He's our savior. The next week, it's like, I don't even know if he can play quarterback. Or like, I want Sam Darnold back. It's it's one of those things with these rookies. Yeah, it's a tough spot there. And I think that they have a lot of issues around him as well. That they're trying to get all on the same page. They've had some offensive line injuries. Um, you know, it's tough for a rookie. And, you know, first-year play caller in the offensive coordinator, first-year head coach, first-year quarterback. It's going to take some time for the Jets. You know, I think that the, the glimpses of of good play that, that Wilson has shown have been really good. I mean, I think there's something here with this kid, uh, but it's not there yet. He's not consistent week in, week out. And that's to be expected of a rookie, especially a rebuilding team. So I think it's going to take time to fully evaluate how Wilson ends up. And obviously they had a tough one in London. I know they did not play particularly well against the Falcons in London yesterday. So it's going to take some time with the Jets, but I really like Robert Sala, their head coach. I think this guy is going to get things going. It's going to take time, but he is the guy that you want as a head coach, and I think people will see that in a few years down the road. And then I, I just we talked a little before the off the air where you said you're doing the Raiders Broncos game this weekend. And as someone who has Derek Carr in my fantasy, one of my fantasy quarterbacks, I'm certainly interested in these games. And the Raiders are maddening. I mean, they look some games like they are unstoppable. And then other with Waller and everything. I mean, I was at the Steeler game where they won. And then other games like yesterday, it's just they cannot get it going. So they're really they're they're definitely a Jekyll and Hyde type team. Yeah, no doubt. And this is a great rivalry. I'm excited to be out in Denver for this one this week. And, you know, both teams starting 3-0, and and now both teams have lost back-to-back games. So it's a, it's a big game in that division, a division where the Chargers continue to excel. So that's a big one coming up Sunday in Denver. And you're right about the Raiders. I mean, you know, you think about their first two weeks and the way they were able to claw claw victories over the first three weeks and then get it done, and then it just hasn't happened the last couple games. And you know, I, I think I, I like Josh Jacobs. I think he's a really solid back, a guy that John Gruden can rely on. 
He just hasn't been fully healthy yet this year. He's missed a couple of games. I think once they get him back in the mix, that'll make a big difference for the rest of their – and when I say back in the mix, I know he's playing, but I, he needs to be 100% for the Raiders to have success. So I think that'll help them. But there's a Denver defense that Vic Fangio can really give you give you headaches the way that he attacks quarterbacks and tries to take out receivers. So I think it's a great little chess match coming up between Gruden and Fangio on Sunday. And I, this getting back to the Broncos, who was mentioning this about, and Mike brought this up on our last show, is the teams now, it seems like out of the blue, are going for a fourth down. I mean, I've never seen – I mean, I think that uh, Broncos went like four and four times, five times. You're seeing – it used to see you might see a team go for a fourth down once every two or three games. Now you're seeing it four or five times a game. Have you been – have the coaches been telling you that's sort of like a total overall league strategy, or why do you see it so much this year? Yeah, I think that, you know, analytics plays a big part in what these coaches do. I don't think there's any coach that goes 100% off the numbers, but they certainly factored into their decisions. And I think they realize that the odds are in your favor a lot of times on some of these four down situations to go for it. And they want to be aggressive because there's so many points scored in the NFL these days that if you give a good team the football back, you know, there's a good chance they're going to score some type of point. So you've got to try to control the clock and you've got to keep drives going. So you're right. We're seeing a lot of it. I think analytics plays a part of that, though. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if that continues. It's not just an early season thing. I think you're going to see more coaches going for it. And one last question. In terms of last night's game, I mean, I was sure you watched that Bills Chiefs contest that the bills just look like there's just i mean the steelers were so lucky to get that win the first week which was a crazy with block punts and everything but the bills look amazing and the chiefs still think they're really struggling this year yeah i'm fortunate enough to spend some time around the bills in the summer because i call their preseason games and you know i just had a, a great window into how they operate and their culture and i know that's a term that's thrown a lot around a lot but their culture and what their general manager brandon bean and their head coach sean mcdermott have put in place is really something special i mean it, it starts with josh allen well it starts with those two guys but josh allen really carries that so well and brings it in the locker room and you know he's an mvp type candidate they bring back almost everybody from a year ago, so there's so much continuity, and I think that makes them a tough team to beat. And they've added some pieces, like Emmanuel Sanders, who has fit in really well. Uh, they are they are a determined team that has experience and continuity, and to me, that makes them the favorite in the AFC. I know that the Chargers have looked very good, and I know that it's hard to count the Chiefs out, but I think that you saw last night that you know, this is a Buffalo team that right now is, is better than the Chiefs. And, and you know, their their schedule, they play Tennessee coming up. And after that, they have, if you look at their schedule, there's there's not a lot there right now. This is, this is a Buffalo team that has a chance to reel off seven, eight wins in a row. And uh, I think they're going to be very dangerous in the playoffs if they play in front of their home fans. It's a, it's a tremendous atmosphere, and it's a big advantage for them to play at home. You know, and just and Josh Allen, his arm strength. I was just thinking about that. I, I can't think of. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has a strong arm, but there are plays where he just like runs around in the pocket, and then it looks like 
when he's on the run, he can – I don't know if there's any quarterback in the league that could even come close to him in terms of just throwing it down. And his wide receivers, Diggs and Sanders, they're down so deep. And he just – you think, oh, that's going to be way over their heads. And he's, and he's you know, he's, he's never going to reach it. I've never seen him not be able to reach a, a receiver. He's able to complete almost every single pass. Yeah. And, you know, the knock on him coming out was, you know, the accuracy to be a successful NFL quarterback. And, you know, if you look at his completion percentage numbers from year one to now, they just keep going up, up, and up. He's had that arm, but it's the accuracy that I think a lot of people have been impressed as to how quickly he's been able to adapt to that in the NFL. And then he's an MVP. To me, he's the MVP right now. I mean, he's that good and that special for that team. So you like the Bills coming out of the AFC. Just what's your pick? What, what NFC team do you like? The Cowboys, the Packers, the Buccaneers. What, what do you like in the NFC in terms of so far the team that you've been pointing towards to go you know, to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you, you mentioned. So, I mean, I think the Rams are going to be a, a, a good team for a long time. I think the Packers are going to be in this for a while. But to me, it's you know, I, everyone wants to kind of discredit the Cardinals. They are the only undefeated team. And Kyler Murray is another MVP-type candidate. I know he didn't have huge numbers yesterday against San Francisco. They have a lot of weapons. They have some continuity. They brought back the majority of their team. And I think it's easy to forget them. They don't play in prime time all the time. And they play late afternoon games on the West Coast. And I think people kind of lose sight of them at times. But I called a couple of their games last year. And this is a dangerous team as well. And in a very tough division. And that's why, you know, you got to talk about the Rams. Seattle will be a little different, you know, without Russell Wilson now for a, for a month or however long he's out. But, you know, I definitely would not discredit the Cardinals. They have a lot of talent on that team. Well, Andrew, I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're super busy. We I know we had you on a couple times before, and I just the insight you give us because you get to talk to the players and talk to the coaches is really helpful. And I really thank you for coming on Iron Sports. You got it, Ira. We'll talk again soon.